welcome to everyone this evening. We are so glad to have you, and especially if you're a guest or you're visiting with us this evening, we welcome you as a part of this service to all that may be watching us online. We pray that you're blessed wherever you are, and again, to all of our brothers and sisters that are part of Antioch Central that are unable to be here tonight. Uh, this is this is another one of those day or two where every time you see that little red bubble pop up in your email, you're like, great, who's not coming now? Uh, we got a lot of folks battling sickness, a number that are people that are here this evening that have been battling sickness and working on getting their health back. So those of you that may not be here, we're praying for you. We prayed this morning, those of you that were here, we prayed for Sister uh, Cheryl Chen. Uh, she's visited us a number of times. She's very connected with us online. She lives in the Northeast. Her daughter was in a car accident Friday, was in ICU, uh, had, I believe it was a breathing tube put in. And uh, we prayed for her this morning, and I got word that uh, the breathing tube came out today. So she is improving. We're going to continue praying and believing God. Uh, there, there are other things I will to he, to him that hath ears to hear. There, there are other things that God is doing and needing to do besides just the physical healing. So we are we are believing for that. Amen. First Kings chapter eighteen. I didn't really realize this until this afternoon. I preached from this same chapter earlier today, um, but different verses and. Um, believe the Lord has laid something on my heart a few days ago for this evening. And so, 1 Kings 18, and I'm going to begin reading with verse number 36. This is the passage of Elijah and Mount Carmel and calling down fire from heaven and all that great stuff that has happened. And this is, this is picking up after uh, the miracle of the fire and sacrifice being burned up and the stones and the water. So verse number 36 says, And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel and that I am thy servant and that I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that Thou art the Lord God and that Thou hast turned their heart back again. Then the fire of the Lord, actually was starting earlier in the passage, I realized, then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, The Lord, He is the God. He is the God. The Lord, He is the God. And Elijah said unto them, Take the prophets of Baal and let none of them escape. And they took them, and Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon and slew them there. You know, some people, I've heard some people, well, you know, how, how is you know God so loving and great and whatever? How, how come all this killing and slaying and whatever in the Old Testament, I think one of the fundamental reasons for that is you've got to understand that the Old Testament is intended to be a natural example of spiritual things. 
And the way God handled some things in the natural in the Old Testament is the way we're supposed to deal with things in the spiritual. We're not supposed to let stuff live that needs to die. We're not supposed to tolerate things in our lives that God has said get rid of. And Elijah said unto Ahab, Get thee up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. There is a sound of abundance of rain. Now watch this. After he said that, Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, and he cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees. And he said to his servant, Go up now. Now being after what he said in verse 41. Go up now, look toward the sea. And when he went up and looked and said, there is nothing. And he said, go again seven times. And it came to pass at the seventh time that he said, behold, there ariseth a little cloud. (laughs) Not a thunderstorm. Not a big whatever of clouds. Just, just. Just a little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. And he said, Go up, say unto Ahab, Prepare thy chariot, and get thee down that the rain stop thee not. Get thee down that what? What rain? And it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black with clouds and wind and there was a great rain and Ahab rode and went to Jezebel and the hand of the Lord was on Elijah and he girded up his loins and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. I want to preach to you tonight for a little bit on this subject. Hearing precedes seeing. Hearing precedes seeing. God, thank you so much for your presence again in this place tonight that has been manifested from the very time we've gathered together and begin to focus and begin to enter into your presence. Thank you for your spirit that's been flowing in this place and already ministering and touching. I pray, God, that you would continue to do that now through your word. I pray, God, that our hearts would be open to hear and receive. I I pray, God, while this may be very well a simple thought, I pray that there would be revelation and understanding that would rest upon our minds and our spirits tonight. Let our hearts be good ground for the seed of your word tonight. Let it produce something in us beyond a service, beyond a moment, beyond just a week, God. Let it produce a lasting change in our lives. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I trust you. I depend on you again tonight, Lord. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Again, he says in verse 41, remember now, remember they've been in three years of a drought. It's been three years since Elijah spoke and it stopped raining. So we're three years into that and this is taking place on Mount Carmel and fire coming down from heaven and, 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 and immediately after that he says, Ahab, you better get ready because there is a sound. There is a sound 
of an abundance of rain. It's after that that he sends the servant who then goes and looks and sees nothing until that seventh time. And and again, that seventh time, I guess it's just the way that the, the, uh, the atmosphere is or whatever in our area, but there's, there's a lot of times when storms are moving through, if you catch it just right, coming on, on uh, Route 50, heading, heading towards Annapolis. We live uh, towards the Bay Bridge, this side, but towards the Bay Bridge that if you catch it just right, you can, you can catch across that horizon those clouds, those storm clouds rolling in that, that, that as far as you can see from one side to the other, after seven times of the servant going to the mountain and looking out, the only thing he saw was a cloud the size of a man's hand. But Elijah has already said, I hear something. And then after just seeing the cloud the size of a man's hand, he says to the king, you better get ready. You need to eat and you better get ready so you don't get caught up in the what storm. I don't see anything. But Elijah says, I hear something. I want to read two verses to you that most of you in this room tonight, while you may not know the exact location of these verses in your Bible, many of you here tonight could quote these verses and probably almost quote them exact word for word. The first one is Romans 10 and 17, and it is such a fundamental principle to our walk with God and to ministry, and that is that faith cometh by hearing... And hearing by the word, by the sound, by the word. And as many of you know, that word there for word is the word rhema. The living voice, a living utterance. Faith comes by hearing the word. Is it any wonder the enemy wants us to eliminate or minimize the preaching and the teaching of the Word in our lives? And I've said it many times, and I'll say it again right now. If the only Word you get is what comes from this pulpit or a pulpit, you are not getting anywhere near enough Word. But I do believe that the teaching and the preaching that takes place in this atmosphere, this setting, and other settings is a part of God's plan and and God's purpose. And the enemy knows if I can just minimize and hopefully ultimately silence God's word in your life, I'm going to eliminate your faith. Because to have faith, you need to hear the word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the word. And then the other one, and I, I love the way this is in the King James because it's it's in parentheses. It is such an absolutely important verse for us to keep in mind. But it's, it's, it's to me, and I don't think this is really the way it is, but it's to me, it's almost like Paul was saying, oh, let me stop for just a moment in the middle of this and tell you something very important. And that is, we walk, 2 Corinthians 5 and 7, we walk by faith and not by sight. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. We walk by faith and not by what we see. 
Of course, I believe we also can say it and need to say it sometimes this way. We walk by faith and not by feeling. Thank God when we feel the presence of God. Thank God for when we feel the manifestation. But if you are a feeling junkie, you are in big trouble. Because I'm going to tell you tonight, if it hasn't already happened, there's going to be times in your walk with God, it doesn't matter how much you pray, it doesn't matter how much you worship, it doesn't matter how much you fast, you ain't going to feel one single bit of the presence of God. And in those moments, you've got to know, I'm not walking by feeling. I may not feel God. I may not feel the presence of God, but here's what I know. He said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. And so no matter what I feel or see, I know he's there. Job said it this way. I looked for him in front of me and I couldn't find him. I looked for him behind me and I couldn't see him. I looked on the left hand where he was working. He was doing some stuff, but I couldn't find him. And then I looked on the right hand and he wasn't there either no matter where I looked I couldn't find him but let me tell you this he knows the way that I take and when he has tried me I'm going to come forth as gold so I'm not walking by what I see by what I feel I'm walking by what I know y'all making me feel like it's been too long since I just got down and preached. We walk by faith and not by sight. The Amplified, actually the Living Bible says it this way first. We know these things are true by believing, not by seeing. And then the Amplified, and I pause for a moment if we can put the Amplified. Sometimes it's wordy and a little harder to follow up with, but I think the Amplified says it so powerfully. For we walk by faith. We regulate our lives, not waiting on God or somebody else. We regulate our lives and, con- and conduct ourselves by our conviction or belief respecting man's relationship to God and divine things with trust and holy fervor. Thus we walk, not by sight or appearance. We walk by faith and not by sight. Faith comes by hearing, not by seeing. Genesis 1, you find this, and in, in, in there's, there's several verses where the, the, the pattern really is there, but the wording is not exactly as the way I'm about to read it. But in Genesis 1 and verse 9, and God said, the first part of that verse says, and the last part says... It was so. Verse 11, and God said, and it was so. Verse 14 starts, and God said. Verse 15 ends, and it was so. Hearing preceded seeing. There was a word spoken before there was anything to see. I said there was a word spoken before there was anything to see. 
God, help us tonight to make a step forward in living not by what we see, but living by what we hear. And that is hearing the not the voice of the enemy, not the voice of doubt, not the voice of fear, not the voice of condemnation, not the voice of shame, but God, help us to move forward in living by the voice, your voice, the rhema, the word of God, so that we can have confidence that when it is said, I may not see it right now, but if God said it, it's as good as done. Notice this, and and I'm not saying it happened every single time, but I want you to notice this in in the beginning of the Bible in some of the very significant characters that we see in the beginning of Scripture in Genesis 6 and verse number 9. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect. Oh, I forgot. Going back, let, let me just slip one more thing here in that we walk by faith and not by sight. What did Jesus tell Nicodemus? The wind bloweth where it listeth. And you what? You hear the sound. But you don't know where it's coming from and you don't know where it's going. Starts with a sound. I come to preach to somebody tonight. You need to make up your mind to believe what it is you've been hearing because your circumstances look different than what you're hearing. But if you're hearing a certain sound, it doesn't matter what you're seeing. If it's the voice of the Spirit, you can trust that what has been spoken is going to be seen. Genesis 6 and 9, these are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with God. And Noah begat three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The earth also was corrupt before God. And the earth was was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth and behold, it was corrupt. For all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said, somebody say said. Not a vision, not a dream. God uses those. God can speak through those. But in very critical situations like this, it says God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Rooms shalt thou bake in the ark, and shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. And this is the fashion which thou shalt make of it. The length of the ark shall be three hundred cubits, the breadth of it fifty cubits, and the height of it thirty cubits. A window shalt thou make to the ark, and in a cubit thou shalt finish it above. And the door of the ark thou shalt set in the side thereof, the lower, second, and third story shalt thou make and behold I even I do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh wherein is the breath of life from under heaven and everything that is in the earth shall die but with thee will I establish my covenant and thou shalt come into the ark thou and thy sons and thy wife and thy sons wives with thee and of every living thing of all flesh two of every sort shalt thou bring into the ark to keep them alive with thee thou shalt be male and female Used to, we didn't need to pause there, but we need to pause there now. Of fowls after their kind, and of cattle after their kind, of every creeping thing of the earth and his kind, two of every sort shall come unto thee to keep them alive, and take thou unto thee of all food that is eaten, and thou shalt gather it to thee, and it shall be for food for thee and for them. Thus did Noah according to all that God spoke. 
commanded, spoke. What would have happened if Noah had not done anything, any work, until he saw something? What would have happened if Noah wouldn't have started the project until there was some clouds in the sky? you got to understand that there were some things that God told Noah he was going to do that weren't normal at that time. There was no rain. There was no thunder and storms from heaven. The earth was watered from the dew of the earth. He had never seen it before, but God said it. He had never seen it before, but God said it. Do you know the advantage you and I have tonight? No, there may be some things we may not have seen physically with our eyes, but we do have a testimony that we can look back to and let what we look back to in this book that is Logos be quickened to us to be Rhema. The Father of all believers, Genesis 12 and verse 1, Now the Lord said... Unto Abram, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee and I will make of thee a great nation and I will bless thee and make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing and I will bless them that bless thee and curse them that cursed thee and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Long before there was anything to see, that's what God said. Going back to Noah, I wonder how many times there were. I, because he was human just like you and I are, I wonder how many times there were as the rains were coming down and the fountains of the deep were opening up and all of that chaos and turmoil was going on. I wonder if there were a few times where Noah's humanity said, boy, are we going to be all right? We've never seen this before. I've never built an ark before. I don't know about you, but if that kind of flood is coming, I don't want to be the one building the ark. I've never built a boat. But I also believe that there was some moments in which the circumstances that Noah could see began to overwhelm him. But then he went back to what he had heard. I know what it looks like, but God said, do this. God said He was going to protect us. God said He was going to take care of us. Do you know how much stress and anxiety we put up with that we allow in our lives over things that God has already said He would do? But what's our problem? What we see is different. The voice of God, the sound, precedes what you're going to see. Exodus 3 and verse number 1. Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. This was not a vision. This was not a dream. This was happening. And Moses said, Kind of a brilliant thing to say. I will now turn aside and see this great sight. Because the bush doesn't burn. Man, Moses, that was brilliant. I mean, I'm thinking if a bush is burning and not being consumed, it would just seem like the reasonable thing to do to go. What's... <laughs> and when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see God, to see, God called, God spoke out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, here am I. And he said, draw not hit nigh hither, 
Put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon him. And God began to go on and tell Moses, speak to Moses everything that was going to happen. It's going to be a little while before you see it, Moses. And there's going to be some ups and downs that you will see before it all comes to pass. But if you will walk by faith and not by sight, and if you will walk by faith that is based on what you have heard, it's going to all be okay. I've used this before, but years ago, was this thing that was called a VCR. Back in those days, we didn't have, I was, actually I, I may have still been at home or it was shortly after I was home. My, my dad would have people, uh, we, didn't, we didn't have TV, didn't have cable, and so he would have people, uh, they, they would record on, on VHS, they would record football games and bring them to him. And he would watch games that he already knew the score. I, I, I never got, I never enjoyed that. Kind of, it just kind of takes the fun out of it. What's the point in sitting and watching a game that you know who won and who lost? Well, here's the point. If your team won, The point of watching the game after the fact is to see how they won. If your if your I know I'm amongst very spiritual people, very committed, dedicated, heavenly minded people. I'm striving to get to where you are. And while I'm striving to get there, I'm trying to silence somewhere in the back of my head. Right now, as I preach, the Dallas Cowboys are playing the San Francisco Giants. And, uh, I, uh, I, I, I'm hoping against hope. I'm, I'm hoping that I, if you're checking your phone, God forgive you for checking your phone. So, but I, I, I'm hoping somehow that the Cowboys are gonna, are gonna win. Hopefully, somehow. If you're watching it as it's happening, as it's happening, if you're a fan of a team and you get into it, it's reasonable when the team is not playing well for you to have stress and anxiety. Last last Monday night when the Cowboys played the Buccaneers, it didn't start too good. Didn't look real well. 
in those moments, it was like, oh boy, which way is this? When it's unfolding in real time, it makes sense for you to have anxiety and stress. But what would you think of someone who was sitting down to watch a replay of a game that they knew the outcome, and especially the outcome was their team won? What would you think about them watching that game and acting with all kinds of stress and anxiety? What's your problem? What's wrong? Why are you stressing out? You know the outcome. I wonder if when we get all stressed out with what's going on in our lives or in our ministry, I wonder if what we're saying is, I'm not sure I really believe what this book says the outcome is. Because if I believe what the Word says, doesn't matter what it looks like right now, I already know what the outcome is. Thanks be unto God which giveth us the victory. We are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. I may be down today, but I'm not going to end down. I may get, I may fall today, but I'm not ending falling. It's been determined if I will let the Spirit and the Word work, what the outcome will be. Moses, when Pharaoh says, nope, not letting them go, you need to go back to what you heard. When Pharaoh hardens his heart, go back to what you heard. Because what you heard was, you're coming out. I preached to some people tonight that the circumstances you're in don't necessarily look good. But you've got a word. Whether it's just a word from this book, which is one of the best ones you can get. Or God has spoken to you directly that no matter where you are and what's going on, you've got a word. You've heard before you will see. Last example, and again, I know there's other ways and other examples of God speaking in other ways, but I'm, I'm just giving you some in the context of this message tonight. First Samuel 3, verse number 1. And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, before Eli, and the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision, and it came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place, and his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. And ere the Lord of God went out in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and Samuel was laid down to sleep. And again, I know God uses dreams and visions. I believe all of that. But I want you to notice here, it wasn't a dream or a vision that Samuel was having. The Lord said, Samuel, he heard, he heard something. Before he could see anything, before he witnessed anything, he, he heard the word, here am I. He responds. You see, here's the problem. When we decide to live by what we see, we miss the blessing of living by what we have heard. When you decide to live by what you see, you lose the benefit of living by what you heard. Because without fail, what you see is going to look at times very contrary to what you heard. 
and therefore there's anxiety and fear and worry and doubt and unbelief. But when I choose not to live by what I'm seeing, but by what I've heard, I can have peace that passes all understanding. I can have a confidence and an assurance that everything is okay and everything is going to be okay because I heard the sound of an abundance of rain. John 1, excuse me, John 11 verse 1, the Bible says a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. And I, I realize this next part was not spoken to Mary and Martha. It was spoken to the disciples. But Jesus responds to them and he says... I want you to hear something. I want you to hear me because what you're going to see is initially not going to match up. But if you'll decide to go by what you hear, you'll know that no matter what it looks like, it's going to all be okay. This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Listen, guys, we're going to go to Bethany, and when we get there, it's not going to look like it's to the glory of God. But I just want you to remember what you heard. 2 Corinthians 4, verse number 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. Skipping down to verse 16. For which cause? Trouble on every side, perplexed, cast down. For which cause we faint not. We don't quit. We don't give up. We don't throw in the towel. And even though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. How in the world can you say that about your circumstances, Paul? And how can you say that about our circumstances? Because we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, because the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal I remember thinking back to the years of April 2020 <clears throat> April 2020 felt like forever But it was a light affliction for a moment. Those that were stressed about the light affliction were those that were looking at the temporal. There's a, I, I think I just heard Brother Middleton Sr. over there say it. There's a couple of places in Scripture where you see these words. And it, you know, whatever it was, it can be different things. But it came to pass. 
It didn't come to stay. It came to pass. Do you know what happens in our lives? We're positioned where God wants us, and a storm comes that God allows, and it's going to pass. But it comes and we panic. And instead of just doing like Paul said, having done all to stand there, having done all to stand, stand therefore, we get panicked and we start to move. And what we often don't realize, look up! You're moving in the same direction as the storm! If you just hold your ground, it's going to pass a whole lot quicker than you running with it. Just hold your ground. It will pass. When you're in it, it feels like forever, but all of a sudden you finally get to go, boy, what? we preach about Job and his trial and what he went through. Job lived 200 and something years. We define Job by a moment, in essence, a moment in his life. He didn't suffer for 200 and something years. He had a couple of rough spots there, but that we define him by that. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary. They're temporal. They're temporary. But the things which are not seen are eternal. They're going to last. Key verse, another one that most of you can quote, Hebrews 11 and 1, now faith. Now faith, and we know that faith comes by. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. haven't seen it yet. I said it earlier, I'm going to say it again. I think it was Thursday. He also touched on it again yesterday. But Thursday night as brother as brother Wells was ministering in the leadership summit, he was just he didn't make some big production out of it. He just he just prophesied as he was speaking. God's going to do unprecedented things in this congregation. And again, he went on to say, God's going to do unprecedented things in this congregation this year. This year. I don't care if it all happens on December the 31st at 11.59. Does it really matter when? As long as what God said happens? How many of you got family members that they've either never been saved or they walked away from God and, and you believe you have a promise for their salvation? How many of you? Look at, look at the hands all over this place. And I, that's not wishful thinking. Oh, some of you got some very clear and confirmed words of those things. Let's be honest. How many of you had those promises? You wish that they were here right now. Of course. For some reasons that are just really positive, great reasons. But most of you want that to happen right now because if it'll happen right now, you don't have to worry about fear and doubt that it's going to happen. Brother Wells told me yesterday, 
about a man they they were in the process of build their of trying to build a, a addition at their building and and uh, the guy that was the general contractor passed away a couple of months ago and so everything kind of came to a halt. He was telling me yesterday that guy that was a general contractor was uh, was a part of their church as well. He came to church for years, but he wasn't saved. He came faithfully, paid his tithes faithfully, but wasn't saved. And the guy's son was in church, a part of the ministry team there. And so when the, when the dad, the, the general contractor dad got sick and was in the hospital, they were basically all thinking, you know, he'll, he'll come out, it'll all be okay, this is all going to pass. But the, the son told brother, uh, brother Wells, I, I'd much rather my dad be saved and go to heaven now than to have my dad back living and be lost. And in ICU... In the hospital, in ICU, shortly before he died, he prayed through. I know it would be a wonderful thing to have relatives and friends and families sitting on this seat right now, worshiping and lifting up Jesus with you. But the bottom line is, as long as it's ha- as long as it happens, that's what matters. And so, rather than fretting over when, where, how, why don't you just sit back and say, "I don't see it, but I've heard it." And so, because I've heard it, I'm just going to watch and see how it all unfolds. I've got a faith that comes from a word that I've heard that gives me the evidence of what I haven't seen. I use these verses this morning, this verse this morning, and I'll close with it this evening. James 1 and verse number 8, a double-minded man. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Can I use it in this context tonight? A double-minded man, one moment you're living based on what you see, based on what the circumstances are. The next moment you're going back to living based on what you've heard and what God has said and what the Word of God said. And You do that for a little while and then you go back to the other and circumstances and situations start to come against you and bother you and battle you and, and you're unstable. What if we made up our minds tonight? No, we're not going to do it perfectly because we're humans. We're going to fail sometimes. But what if we made up our minds tonight that by the help of God from this night forward, I'm going to do the best that I can by the grace of God to live by what I've heard. Because I'm going to see at some point. I'm going to see it. In the hearing is coming long before sometimes. Sometimes it's not long, but sometimes it's long before. Oh, the patriarch, Joseph, is in his dying days. But there was something he had heard. He heard about the promises made to Abraham. He heard about the blessings that were promised to Abraham. He, he heard about the promises that they weren't going to be in bondage forever. And yet Joseph comes to the end of his life and Israel is still in bondage. But because he was living not by what he saw but by what he heard before he died. He said, you make me this promise. Not if... Not if you ever leave Egypt. 
Not if by some chance you finally get out of bondage. That's not what he said. He said, when, when you leave Egypt, you dig up my bones and you take me with you. Because even if I don't see it, I believe it. Hebrews 11 tells us about all the great things accomplished through faith. But then it says that uh, these all died. In faith. Not having received the promises. But they had heard and they had seen by faith afar off. And they did not die in doubt and unbelief because they didn't see what they had heard. They died with faith. I know what we've heard. I know what God has said. And somebody's going to see it. I know that at 52 years, I think it is, into the history of this church, we thought we'd be way beyond where we are now numbers-wise in this church. We may not be where we thought we would have been by now, but we've got some promises, we've got some words, and we've yet to see what's been said. But if it's been said, if God said it, it's just a matter of time until we see what we've heard. Would you stand? preaching to some people that you've got again I, I don't mean this unkind but there's people that they've got they, they claim their promises but it's just wishful thinking they've made up but I'm preaching to some people tonight that you've got some absolute words from God and, and there's some of you here tonight that you've got some words from God that that God may have spoken to them them to you first and personally to you but then there's been other things that have confirmed that people saying stuff things happening that were confirmations that other people didn't even know what God had said to you doesn't matter what you see if in fact all you do see is a cloud the size of a man's hand would you just just close your eyes quit looking at what you see start focusing what what am I hearing because there's a really good chance if I'll focus on what I'm hearing from the rhema from the voice of God I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start hearing some things that are much different than what I am seeing are you going to wait until you see the lightning and hear the thunder before you prepare for what it is God said? Are you going to wait until there's some tangible evidence to go, well, I, I guess I better get ready now? Or are you going to decide, we, we've heard some things as a congregation and we've heard some things as individuals and I'm going to trust that I'm going to, I'm going, and I'm going to walk by faith and not by what I see because my faith is based on the rhema that I have heard. Just bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment right where you are. We may go beyond this in a moment, but just just right now. 
come on, if the Holy Ghost has talked to you tonight, if the Spirit of the Lord has talked to you tonight, if, if you're willing to acknowledge, you know what, I, I spend too much time walking by what I can see. I spend too much time affected by what I see or what I don't see. I, I spend too much time looking at the temporal, but by the help of the Lord, I want to learn how to walk based on what I hear. I want to I want to walk based on what the Spirit has said. And if I don't see it, if I don't feel it, if it don't look, if it doesn't look like it's happening, that's okay. I've got a rhema. I've got a word. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, by the power of your spirit tonight, God, help us. Help us more than ever to learn to walk by faith that is based on what we hear, what we have heard from you, God. I want to go a step further and I don't want to limit it by what I'm about to say but it's just what I feel if you're here tonight and you're willing to acknowledge you know what I, I've been struggling because I'm, 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 I've been looking more than I've been listening I, I've been looking at the circumstances in different situations more than I've been listening to what I've heard or what God is saying but by the help of the Lord tonight I want to make a change I, I want to transition from walking by what I see to walking by faith based on what I hear if you're here tonight and that applies to you at all can I just invite invite you to step out of your seat come down to this front you you can kneel or stand I don't care whatever you feel to do but would you just begin to talk to the Lord right now God if all I see is a cloud the size of a man's hand that's okay because I've heard I've heard I've heard I've heard not going to keep living God by what I see not going to keep living with my feelings, my emotions, my thoughts controlled by what I see. The ups and downs from day to day. I'm, I'm going to live, God, based on what I have heard. In the name of Jesus, if you don't need to respond right now for yourself, then why don't you be sensitive to the Spirit of the Lord? On if the Lord wants to use you to minister to somebody else right now, why don't you let Him do that? Come on, if you're walking with a word, if you're walking with what you've heard and it's not based on if, it's just a matter of how and when. If you're walking with the word, it's not based, it's not if he's going to do it. It's not the question of if he's going to do it, it's just, it's when and how. What What's the means you're going to use, God? What? What's the circumstances? What's the, what's the resources? What's the things you're going to use? But you're, you're, you're going to bring it about, God. You've said it, so you're going to do it. Come on, I feel the Spirit of the Lord doing something in some hearts and lives in this place right now. Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost doing something right now in some hearts and lives in this place. Some of you have heard some things from God about your place in the kingdom, about what He's going to do through your life. Circumstances look different than that right now. 
There's obstacles and challenges in your way. But you've heard. You've heard. You've heard a word. You've got a rhema. Walk by faith and not by sight. Walk by faith and not by sight. Walk by faith and not by feeling. Walk by faith and not by emotions. Walk by faith and not by emotions. Halaboko shataramanda yatalabaha. Iloboko reye yaramanda ye yarabo satalabaha. Come on, I'm not preaching name it and claim it tonight. I, I'm not preaching pie in the sky. I, I'm not preaching what you just dream up or wish up, but I'm talking about what God has said, what the Spirit of the Lord has spoken, what's been confirmed. Walk with confidence. Walk in faith. I don't know how. I don't know when. I may not know where. But all I know is I've heard something. I've heard a word. I've heard a word from the Lord. It doesn't look like it. It doesn't feel like it. But I've heard it. I hear the sound. I'm going to get ready because I hear the sound. I'm going to get prepared because I hear the sound. Hebrews talks about hope. Hebrews talks about hope that's an anchor. That hope is not just wishful thinking. It's not like your wishes at a birthday party when you're blowing out the candles. That hope is a confident expectation, and it's a confident expectation based on the word I've heard, based on the word of God that I've read. I've got a hope that's my anchor. There may be storms, there may be a tempest, there may be waves. My world may be rocking to and fro, but I've got a hope based on what God said that's keeping me anchored. This storm didn't come to stay. It came to pass. This storm didn't come to stay. It came to pass. And so I'm going to hold my ground. I'm going to stay anchored to the Word of God going to stay anchored to the rhema that God's given me. Yeah, 
the name of Jesus. We don't know when you're going to do it. We don't know exactly how you're going to do it. But we've heard a word, God, so you're going to do it. We've heard a word, God, so you're going to do it. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. God, by your grace, with your help, I'm not going to keep looking at what I can see because it's temporal. It's not going to last, but I'm going to put my eyes on what I can't see that's eternal. I'm going to focus in on what I've heard that I can't see yet. I haven't experienced it yet, God, but you've You've spoken it so I can rely on your word. I'm waiting, God, with confident expectation. I'm waiting, God, with confident expectation. Ikaramanda Yarabo Kosata Rabahaya. Ilamando Robo Sheye Yarabako Satalama. 